Welcome to Sharing the Middle, where recovering perfectionists, overachievers, and anyone in the middle of a struggle come together to learn to embrace the messy middles of life. I'm Lacey, your friend in the middle and guide, whose claim to fame this week is writing her to-do list. Not actually doing it, but like getting it organized. I feel pretty good about that. This week, I'm joined by Adriana Keefe. Adriana is an award-winning real estate dropout turned human design coach and motivational speaker. After her own quarter-life crisis, she is now teaching high-achieving women how to create harmony in life and business without sacrificing their goals. Adriana is offering several free live masterclasses through May 31st, where you can learn more about human design and how to use it in your business. You're going to hear me gush about Adriana and human design. So I wanted to make sure you had the opportunity to attend one of these if you were interested. Fair warning, we do spend about the first 15 minutes of this episode talking through our own human design types and the different aspects of human design. I personally think this is so cool, but if you want to kind of skip ahead to our regularly scheduled programming, you can start in at about the 16 minute mark. There is an additional trigger warning where we will talk about sexual abuse later in the episode as well. It's a it's a really great conversation. And like I said, you're going to hear me gush. I really appreciate Adriana and the effect that she and human design have had on my own journey. Let's jump in. Welcome, Adriana. I am so excited to have you on because you have a big role in my middle journey in a lot of different ways. And I know you know, but I'm going to gush for a minute if that's okay. At the beginning of my middle journey, I took your human design course and I really rediscovered myself in a lot of different ways. And in that rediscovery, it gave me the tools to be able to do what I'm doing. So being able to identify and know that I am a manifester and that all these things that I've been suppressing in myself for so long are actually natural to me and not only okay, but my superpower has been huge for me. So huge. I have really gotten into human design on my own. I I think it was two weekends ago, I got as many people in my family to send me their birth times. I pulled all their charts. I made my own little spreadsheet of what everybody was and like comparisons because I thought it would be interesting. I love it. And I think I love your approach to human design specifically in that, honestly, it can sound very woo, very out there or whatnot. And I, you recently rebranded your podcast and I know we'll talk about this. And I loved in the first episode of the reband, you're like, take what you want. If you don't want to get into the super spiritual side, that's fine. You can take the aspects of this that works for you because a lot of it has been ringing so true in my life. Thank you for being a part of my journey to where I am because I can say with a whole heart and absolute certainty that I was supposed to take your class, that I was supposed to meet you, and that it has truly helped me structure my life in a way that feels good even during this very difficult time. Thank you. Thank you so much for not only for not only just sharing all those kind words, but for actually using the design strengths to your advantage for actually using the education that is you and some other few students that I've had from those programs continue to reach out to me and tell me like this happened and this happened and I can't tell you how much that means to me because I'm still human and I still have bad days and I'm still like is this right for me is this wrong for me and then I get a message from one of you guys and you're like oh my god this what happened and I'm just like 
So thank you for always sharing, not only with me, but with everyone else and for continuing on the journey because it's a journey, man. It's it a- is a journey. It is a very deep well. And it's so funny to to talk to people about it because I'll be like, oh, I had this suspicion that many people in my life or in my family specifically were generators or generator types. And I, as a not generator type, was always striving to meet their level of energy. Trying to explain that to somebody who is a generator is like trying to tell a fish they're in water. Like they don't understand. <laughs> and so to be able to be like, here, you, you're a generator, but let's talk about the nuances within the chart so I can get you into it so that you can start to see how when you're not a generator, because I think what, 70 something percent of the population is the generator yep. type. Yep. Things do work differently and you do operate differently. So it's just really funny that as I've gone into more of those nuances to be like, oh, you have this channel and I think or this center. <laughs> so, for example, my mom, when my mom and one of my sisters, I knew that they were straight generators. I was like, there's no way that you're anything else. And I was right. And they both don't have a defined throat center. And my mom, one of the things that she's always said to me, and it's actually in conjunction with my sister, she loves being in a, the two of them love being in a room with me and my sister, my other sister, because we talk, we take up a lot of space in our, and when it, with our voices. And I'm like, so it makes sense that they then don't feel the pressure to have to do that because they don't have the throat centers. Yeah. And so just these things just keep clicking into place and see there's something to it and we can all just understand and appreciate each other from where they are. Oh, my God. And when I see that come to life, like in an actual workshop, I did an Instagram post on this back in April. I don't know if you saw it, but it was just this moment where this one person kept apologizing for asking questions. And I looked at her chart and I was like, do you have this? Do you have that? And she said yes. And I was like, "Okay, everybody just take a look at her and accept her as she is because she's designed to ask questions. She's designed to be that person who jumps ahead. She was a manifester. She wanted to like, let's go pick up the pace. I want to get to the next thing. And it was this beauty because you can learn to have grace for another, not just grace for yourself, but for another too. So that's really cool that you're also learning your families too. I am. And it's also funny too. I, Of course, I pulled my husband and my children's chart and I am the manifester and they are all manifesting generators. Mm. All through. And it's really interesting because each of our kids have like a different part of our chart and they we have things in common and not in common. And it just, it's so cool. Sounds like a loud household. Yes, it is. <laughs> Define throats. Yeah, it is. It is. We have lively dinner conversations, so that's really good. <laughs> yep. But I'll let you, why don't you go ahead and you can introduce yourself in your own words. I'm Adriana Keefe. I am a 4-6 manifesting generator by human design. I'm a mom of three, a wife, an animal lover, wine lover, Love New Girl and Shit's Creek. Human design fell into my lap a few years ago. A business coach introduced me to it because I was feeling very lost and I was questioning why I was such a quote quitter because I would want to take on new things and then I'd be like, this isn't it. Or I'd get bored and want a new challenge. And everyone in my life, with the exception of my, oh, actually, no, my husband did question me once with the whole start something new again. Like, why can't you just stick to one thing? And my business coach was like, let's pull up your human design. Turned out I'm a manifesting generator, not designed at all to stick with one thing. I am designed to learn new things and be challenged and teach others and move on from it. That's just who I am. And it was like this immediate validation I've never found in any of those personality tests, never found in anything else. 
But I was a science major. And so I was like, what? How? I didn't grow up with any sense of spirituality. I grew up in a Christian household, but I didn't believe it. It wasn't who I was. So it was just I had to it started this whole spiritual development journey. And then now here I am teaching it. Who freaking knew? Huh? <laughs> so I want to break down two things you said. One, if you want to know all of the types and all of the profiles, listen to Adriana's podcast. I literally I sent my mom and sisters your podcast. I'm like, here are the types. Here are the profiles. This is what you need to know. So tell us, so we heard a little bit about what it means to be a manifesting generator. Tell us a little bit more about what it means to be a 4-6 profile. The manifesting generator. Besides what I just said, it's very much someone who we're designed to be like those people who everyone asks, like, how do you do it all? Because we could wake up in the morning. Like, I'll give you my typical day. I wake up 5.25, go to a 6 a.m. fitness class, come home, shower, get ready for the day, get the kids ready, get the kids off to school or with our nanny or whatever, sit down, do my work after my own personal morning routine. And then I work about 9 to 10-ish to 4 or 5 p.m. I go for a hike with my dog before the kids are all back on my duty. We have dinner and then my husband and I have alone time. And, and then I might do an event at night. And that feels good for me. But that's not for everyone. That sounds exhausting. <laughs> It sounds very exhausting to me. But when I love what I do, that energy is naturally created for me. Yeah. And that's how a lot of people are just like, how do you do it all? And I'm like, I can't not do it all. I get so bored. Um, I don't thrive when I'm bored. So that's essentially what it's like being a manifesting generator. We have a lot of things we want to do, and that's natural for us. With the 4-6 line, so the profiles are what they say about you is like how you live out your purpose here in life, what your behavioral traits and whatnot are as you live out your purpose. And so the first number is a conscious personality side of you that when I say it, you're probably like, oh, yeah, that's me. The second number is more subconscious or your design side where this is like the energetic design you might not know about yourself yet, or maybe you learned over time from people saying it about you. And my four means opportunist. I'm someone who is very much in love with making relationships and connecting, seeing my community, talking with my community, seeing how I can help others, connecting people to each other constantly for growth and whatever they need. I just naturally love to do that. And then the line six is called the role model. That's an interesting dynamic in life that they have because it goes in three life stages. It's like a butterfly with metamorphosis and Birth to age 30 can be really rough and rocky. There can be trauma, a lot of struggle in those first 30 years. And then ages 30 to 50 is when they begin to disengage from that trauma and create that inward journey. Pull from the trauma that they've had. And why did this happen to me? What can I teach others from it? What's my purpose here? And then age 50-ish and on is when they really re-engage with life and teach from like that role model standpoint. That's why they're called the role model. They're here to be those visionaries and industry leaders who are showing you by their own actions how life is to be lived. This is what life is about. Dr. Joe Dispenza's a line six, Louise Hay. There's some really famous line sixes who you see it and you're just like, oh, that makes so much sense. So they're just people who are, I guess there's people, they're people who have eyes on them a lot of the time and they don't even know it, mm -hmm. which is something that I've learned over time. People would always say, I love watching your journey or what podcast are you listening to? What are you doing for this? Because they just naturally see me evolve and they want to know how I'm doing it 
because it looks like the life, right? It looks good. No, it's not to say it's not without struggle, but we're just here to teach others from that light. When you describe all that, it makes so much sense to me that you have gotten to a place where you are teaching and engaging and bringing people together around the topic of human design and sharing. Now, in contrast, I'm going to say mine just so that people can see how things are different. So I am a manifester. So similar to a manifesting generator, I have the ability to initiate. And when something's exciting, to really run with it and make it happen. But I tend to lose that energy portion much faster. (laughs) And so when you say changing and that kind of stuff, I've heard that my whole life too. Mm -hmm. Is there ever going to be one thing that's no? That's not. And that's okay. And that's why when I started the middle and everything with this, my mom did ask me, like, are you going to get bored with this? And I'm like, "Uh, maybe, but I don't think so because it can be something different all the time for me. Exactly. Yep. And it's not just one job and that kind of thing. But manifestors tend to have a lot of energy in those areas that excite them, but they don't have a reliable source of energy. So that's why when you say you did all of those things, they're like, oh, no, thank you. <laughs> exactly. We're very much where the nine to five came from, whereas manifestors, yeah. projectors, and reflectors are not. They're not, yeah. quote, energy beings. Yeah. And so, I, and then I'm a three five profile, which this podcast is a three five profile in a lot of ways. You're right. It's did about, you ever pull a chart on it? I have not. Maybe I should. Oh, I should. yeah. That'd be fun. It's about going, so a three is about trial and error. You can't tell a person with a three line what to do. They have to figure it out on their own, which is so me in so many ways. Like I will read the first three instructions of an instruction manual and be like, I got it. And then I've got to figure it out from there because I just opposite of a line one. Yeah. (laughs) And then the five is really a person who is to share their experience. So with the role not like the six, they are sharing less intentionally, whereas the five is, let me just let it all hang out. Let me show you. I'm going to choose which parts of me and I'm going to share those with you. And again, I talk about this on this podcast all the time about how I'm very thoughtful about what I share and how much I share in ways that are thoughtful and right for me. The three five makes a whole lot of sense to me. And it also really benefits me to hear the other lines to show what I'm not and that it's okay that I'm not that way. Because when I saw like the line four, I was like, I should be a connector. I should be all these things. And it is one of those things that I was hoping I could be in my life, but I'm not. And that's okay. I'll do it in my own way. You can go create really beautiful relationships in your own way. Yeah. Like I, I've known since the first time maybe that I've spoken to you, I've known that you're someone who I wanted to keep talking to and you just naturally help people feel welcome and safe and you are a connector in your own right. That doesn't mean you have to go out and network all the time. You don't have the energy for that like I do. That doesn't mean all your opportunities are going to come through your network. But relationships are still humanity, right? And you're Absolutely. still naturally doing that. And I think also something you and I have talked about a lot is that a manifester has what is called a repelling aura. And I know that you, we've talked about this a lot because you heard. Yeah. But I have started to really learn and embrace that. Of, For example, I'm not growing as fast as I'd like, but I'm realizing that the people that I'm reaching are the right people. And so I'm just embracing 
that the right people are finding me and that I don't have to deal with the BS of the people who don't like me because they just don't come here. And that's Would you say that you're embracing the middle? Oh, damn it. <laughs> yes. It always comes through. I wouldn't even ask you my first question yet. <laughs> I could talk about human design for you. I know. I just, I get really excited and it, there aren't a lot of people who know enough about it for me to get excited with. But when it comes to the middle, when you first heard of the concept of the middle, what was your initial response or reaction? What was the middle to you? So I might have a different outlook on it than most because I'm still working through a lot of conditioning and subconscious beliefs around the word middle because okay. I am the middle child. And growing up, I was always referred to as the difficult one because I'm the middle child. It's always difficult with the middle child. And I have found myself even accidentally translating that into because I have three kids. So there's a middle child. Yeah. And, you know, she is rather difficult. And I'm trying I'm trying not to put impress that upon her. But that is my reaction when I hear the middle. It's mm -hmm. that subconscious, I guess, paradigm that I'm still working through rewiring. Interesting. So it has that negative, almost like it's a insult. Yeah, everything has to be hard. Yeah. Uh -huh. Interesting. That's really deep. I'm like, my over here, like thinking about that's really hard because then you can never take it and change your relationship. You can, but the work it takes to change your relationship right. with it is very difficult because then it's now translated into everything has to be difficult for me. Not mm -hmm. just that I'm difficult, but now everything's difficult for me. Why is everything so difficult for me? And this has been an ongoing work in progress for the past few years. Interesting. I'm really excited to be partnering with Happy Curves. It's a really awesome product to help with something that we all do, which is sweat. I've gotten the lotion to powder comfort cream. Got the fragrance free, but I did order some of the tropical scent and I'm excited to test that out. What I really love about it is it's easy to put on, starts as a lotion, turns into a powder, and it works in the areas that I need it to. I'm a busty lady. That's not a secret. And with bust, they're sweat. It's been a really great thing, not only during the summer, but as someone with a chronic illness that tends to make me sweat, I deeply appreciate it. The other thing that I love about Happy Curves specifically is it's intended to be inclusive of all people, whoever you are, because again, we all sweat and we all can deal with it how we want to. I like it because of the comfort. No one's really around me to smell me. Is. But never mind, this is getting too long. Enjoy 15% off going to myhappycurves.com backslash Lacey15 or with my code Lacey15. That's L A C E Y 1 5. Is there a specific middle moment you'd like to chat through that we can go through and hear a little bit more about that in depth? I have a lot of middle moments, I feel yeah. like. But because <laughs> this is, even in my human design chart, I have the channel of struggle which sounds terrible, and the gate of perseverance. I'm someone who's supposed to persevere through struggle is what I thought that meant initially. And so you can see how I continued to wire this the wrong way in my brain. Yeah. But when I really look back on it, there was really one big middle that for me was a leap of faith middle. And that was when my oldest daughter, she's now eight, when she was born, I wasn't married to her father, but we had been together for, I think, six years at the time. And she was a few months old and I could just start to recognize that our relationship was not one that I wanted my daughter to think was healthy. 
Yeah. And he's actually a very good dad. He's still very much in the picture. There's nothing wrong with him. We just together were not good. And so when she was about nine months old, I decided that I could not be with this person anymore. And eventually I moved out and I became a single mom, halftime single mom, and really was trying to reassess what was happening with my life. And really, it was just this leap of faith with knowing I don't know what this means for me long term, but I do know that's not how I want my daughter to think men treat their wives. And other than that, I had no clue what was going to happen. I was just like, yeah, no, this isn't what I want for her. Bye. And I left. And that was just this quietness, actually. It was the first night that I moved into my apartment. She stayed with him so I could move and unpack and everything. And I remember laying on my living room floor. There was no no internet yet, so I didn't have a TV or anything like that hooked up yet. And it was just so quiet. My friends had left who helped me move. And I remember just laying there crying, like in the fetal position, thinking to yourself, like, this was right. This was right. But right now it's really hard. And those next few months that I walked the path down, it was interesting. It was a roller coaster of this is what's right. And my God, this is so quiet. What do I do on these days when I don't have her? But it was a really beautiful time because I started to embrace the relationships that I saw that I was like, that's what relationships should look like. And I actually ended up dating my husband during that time. And I think, honestly, for me, it was just that giant leap of faith and then the quiet. And that was where my middle was. There are two things that I would point out. The first one is, as you were talking about, you left that relationship not because you didn't see it as not right for you. You saw it as not right for your daughter. And so I find that really interesting with what you were saying earlier of things need to be hard. And so it's almost like things need to be hard for you, but you Mm. don't want it to be hard for others. And that's where, to bring it back to human design, that's that six, right? Is that fair to say? I don't want to put words in your experience or what? Yeah, no, actually, that makes a lot of sense. And also because I don't know if you've ever heard of the sacred money archetypes, but my archetype is a nurturer where I'm someone who literally will put myself into debt to help others. And that's just naturally my the way I lean is I will make it hard for myself so that it doesn't have to be hard for others. And in that circumstance with my daughter, that was the right thing to do. Yeah, it, it took until having my daughter to recognize like I couldn't leave for myself. But it took her to push me to leave, which I fully believe was the gift that I needed in that time. But yeah, I never really put that together. You're right. <laughs> but I just it, that was just how you were talking about it. I was leaving yeah. for her. I was doing this for her. And I was like, oh, You're where, so are right. you? where are you with this? Yeah. And that makes me also curious. And this goes into the second question or point that I a thing I want to dig into is you keep talking about the quiet. And it sounds like you didn't like the quiet. Is that right? I just got off the phone with my friend before I got on with you. Talking, her husband wants them to go on a seven-day retreat in a cave by themselves. Like you go in your own cave by yourself and you sit by yourself in silence for seven days. And I was like, that sounds terrible. And a cave. I got to be honest. As soon as you said cave, I was like, well, nope. My environment by human design is cave. And that oh, sounds terrible. Yes. My manifesting generator side, like I I like to be doing things. That being said, I do fully understand there is beauty in getting really quiet with yourself. And I think for me, in that moment of time, there was, I was really afraid 
of the quiet. Well, the quiet meant I don't have my daughter right now, which was hard for me for a long time. Over time, I ended up embracing it because I was like, oh, hell yeah, I can travel again. I can do this. I can do that. Quiet meant I no longer have a partner to lean on. I'm financially independent right now. All these other things that quiet meant. But it also meant now you got to work on yourself. (laughs) What's coming up in these quiet moments? Oh, God, I don't want to think about that. And it was hard. It was really hard. I also didn't have a whole lot of support system that was deeply rooted. A lot of the relationships I had at that time, now I've learned were very superficial. And even with my own family, we don't, we're actually, my sisters and I are a lot better now, but we were never deep with emotions and things like that. So it felt scary to dive into that rabbit hole and not have someone who would be there to hold my hand. I think it's really interesting because I find support in general as something that we, as a society, don't actually understand like we talk about having a support system or you need a support system all this stuff but when it comes to the actual act of it it's so either not there like people don't know what to do and this is again just me being nosy what would you say is it the you mentioned your sisters is it just that you guys are more emotionally available asking for accepting support is scary So there's a vulnerability in it. So even if you're not like sharing huge vulnerable things and emotional stuff, to ask somebody for it is to signal that you are vulnerable. And as people, we don't want to be vulnerable, right? We don't want to be seen as weak or whatnot. And so I'm just curious what that was for you that made the shift that you said you do have support now. Honestly, there's like 1,500 things that just came to mind in regards to why we, why do we have such trouble supporting one another? Honestly, one of the biggest things that I see is that we're so conditioned to not look a certain way. Oh, gosh, mm-hmm. I can't text her when I'm thinking about her because then what if she's like annoyed that I'm messaging her so much? Oh, my God, what if I cry in front of her? She's going to think I'm so emotional. Like we're constantly feeling like we're judged. And to be honest, we were raised in a society that d- judges a lot and We need to let that go. We need to let each other allow themselves to be emotional or whatever. Be them damn selves. Just let people be themselves. Also, that whole it takes a village was a thing. And we very much isolated ourselves, but we still need that. So allowing yourself to lean on others feels, like you said, vulnerable. feels, oh, God, we're supposed to. We have to do it all. So in regards to my own sisters and I, what I'm about to say is a trigger. So for anyone who has a history of abuse, specifically sexual abuse, you might want to skip forward on this part. But when I was young, I was sexually abused by someone who married into the family. And it was a couple of years, but I didn't come forward about that until I was maybe, I want to say 13. And unfortunately, nothing was done at the time. After I had my daughter, I started to recognize that this was something that was important and that I needed to take action on. So I went to my local police department and went through the whole process. We ended up going to court. And that's when I started to lean on specifically my older sister because she had known about it. And my little sister, I at the time, didn't really know much about it. And there was just there's not a lot of talk about feelings, never mind abuse. Right. Yeah. So, so that kind of sparked something between my sister and I where I could lean on her more. And then as the years went on and as we evolved, I'm now having to deal with the PTSD of this and currently working through the trauma and working with therapists and whatnot. And so within all of the work I've been doing, I've had to have those hard conversations 
with my sisters. And we've really started to bond through that in a way that I feel safe coming to them for anything or just simply asking for them to come over for dinner because we miss them instead of feeling like I'd be annoying. Something so big and terrible really bonded us over the years. And a lot of this is like really fresh. Like I'm talking within the past six months fresh. Um, So we're still learning really learning each other emotionally, I think, and how we want to lean on each other and say, I love you. And like our family was never like, I love you, huggy family. We didn't, we weren't raised in that. So it's natural for us to not know what to do. But yeah, it's taking time, but we're like, oh my God, we love having these moments together. We need more of these kind of thing. First of all, thank you for sharing. It's interesting to hear from you about how it's affected my relationships. I don't think that's something that we hear often especially not in positive ways, of this being a barrier that was removed created more room for the people in my world to come and help me. And there's something really beautiful in that part of the situation that I think is really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's great. I'm literally following that line six trajectory to a... I know. Like in my 30s, reengaging with life. Try yeah. to disengage from the trauma. Now I feel bad for all line sixes. I'm <laughs> like, oh, man. <laughs> Not every line six has trauma, tra- like big T trauma. No, I've found that doesn't necessarily mean trauma for them. Do you think that line six, knowing that about yourself, makes it easier for you to share? Because yes. sharing about sexual abuse in a public form is very difficult. There's a lot of moving parts to that. But um, when I decided to take action on it is... When I decided to start talking to someone with therapy and not just that, but I was starting to learn the statistics as I was going through the court process where they were trying to encourage me. You're not the chances of you actually winning this argument are like two percent, like you'd be better off just saying assault or something like that. And I was like, that's not the point of this. I'm not doing that. Of course, I didn't I didn't win. That was before the Me Too movement and everything else. But because of those statistics, I recognized how many women might not have a shoulder to lean on. So I started talking about it more publicly. And you would be floored by the amount of women who reached out to me just from a simple post on Facebook, talking about it somewhere. And nine out of 10 times, they had never told anybody. And so that kind of fueled me to to work on this trauma more myself so that I could be more capable of talking about it so that we did bring more light to this. and. Honestly, I think every woman out there has struggled or had some sort of sexual assault to them. Every single woman, which is a disgusting thing to think about. But it's so common that I feel like it has to be talked about. And yes, I see now why soul purpose wise, why it happened to me, because Mm -hmm. the design that I have, I'm built to speak up on it. And so I fully understand now why it happened, what happened the way it did and everything I'm Yeah, I feel comfortable talking about it. I love the phrase soul purpose because I'm going to commandeer that for myself (laughs) because I have a similar feeling into what I'm going through of, okay, I can handle this. I'm glad that I am the person going through this so that somebody else in a worse off situation doesn't have to. Not in a martyrdom kind of way, but just a, okay, I can accept this and I can move on with it to be able to embrace it and try to get as much good out of it as I can. Yeah. 
And how can I help others? A thousand percent. Others. Absolutely. Mine's more about like disability. And so going through this huge life change of losing my job and not having that income. And I do have a partner who's supportive. I do have a family who can help where I need. And it's still very hard. So if I didn't have one of those supports, if I wasn't a white lady, if I all these different things, if one of those would have been different, I could be homeless right now. And so that's why I just really appreciate you being like, hey, this happened to me. I'm going to use it for good. And I just can really relate to that. I, I, when I knew you were going through what you were going through, not like I would ever sit there and say there's a purpose to this, but in my head, all I could think was she will find her purpose in this because we do go through crap for reasons and we don't always find them. Like, why did one of my good friends die when we were 17? It brought us closer together and now he's one of my spirit guides. But do I want to think that's why that happened? No. So there's take what it's you a want. little self-centered in some ways. Yes. <laughs> and I'm saying that about myself. That's yeah. It. No, yeah. Yeah. And it, it's a struggle. Yeah. Yeah. But sometimes you need that ego to keep going. Yeah, absolutely. I usually like to bookend this with a piece of advice or wisdom that maybe you feel like would have helped you or something that did help you through. I like a nice, tangible piece of advice. So what advice would you give our listeners? You're probably going to think I'm a broken record because I'm sure (laughs) you've heard me say this before. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. The end. That is it. It doesn't matter if you're a business owner or not. I started to see the most massive personal growth when I let go of friends that weren't serving me in relationships, when I let go of people who were not as growth mindset as I was. And yes, now that's also translating into business where I'm constantly surrounding myself with people who are smarter than me, who are further along than I am, because I know that a lot of people have heard your network is your net worth. Also true. But I think just knowing that you are the average of the people you spend the most time with can be really powerful. If you really hate where you're at right now, maybe it's time to analyze the five people you spend a lot of time with. Are they constantly complaining about their husbands or wives? They're constantly complaining about financial stress and they're not doing anything about it. No, all of these factors leak into your aura. Whether you want it to or not, it can leak into your aura. So it's really important to pay attention to that when you're on a specific path to something better. I love that. That is really good advice. And I can think of specific points in my life where I did make that transition and I can see how it got better. Yes, very much. I can see how it transitioned into a more positive place for me. So I think that's a really great piece of advice. And something like 15-year-old me desperately needed to hear. (laughs) That quote's not mine, by the way. That's Jim Rohn quote. He has since passed. But yeah, that's probably the quote of my life, the statement of my life, if I could ever Mm -hmm. have one. Where can people find you? How can they work with you? All that stuff. I'm mostly on Instagram. That's Audrey Keefe, A-D-R-I Keefe. My website's adrianakeefe.com. And then I have the No BS Human Design podcast, which just recently rebranded. And honestly, everyone's loving it. So I'm really glad that I took that leap of faith and did Mm -hmm. that. And I'm really excited because I just opened up a beta program. It's in beta mode right now. I'm building it from the ground up. But everyone kept asking me about like alumni groups or where they could continue their education. So I opened up a community with monthly live workshops and live Q&A and hot seats and a community group chat and everything like that. So if someone's interested in 
learning more about human design without overwhelming themselves, you can start with the podcast and or the beta community. Awesome. I've already referenced the podcast and I listened to it because in my experience, when I've got through human design learning the first time around, I only care about myself. I think that's very true, as it should be. Learn yourself, put on your own oxygen mask before you do others. Yeah. And so now I'm really trying to dive into the nuance of others, which is why I've been like, can we, when are you born? Let's pull. (laughs) I think you have seven people that I have sent your way to be like, just get your chart for me. (laughs) (laughs) We can find out if we'll be friends or not. Just (laughs) It is really interesting, though, because I do see a lot of commonalities of I'm like, oh, that's why we're friends. Or I see this. Yes, part. there are some compatible types. Yeah. yeah. And it's also fun. My friend Alex, when she saw that my environment was kitchen, she was like, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And I'm like, I love kitchens. What are you talking about? Why wouldn't you want to be in a kitchen? Well, and hers, her environment hers was like mountains. I'm like, OK, very different. Awesome. I was excited about kitchens. <laughs> oh, that's I awesome. want my next house to have a big kitchen with. Places for people to sit and all this stuff. I have no desire to be on a mountain. So there we go. <laughs> yep, yep. Oh, that's funny. And I'm cave, which I, and for anyone listening, it doesn't literally mean kitchens, caves, mountains. But yeah, you, if you love it, if you happen to love kitchens too at the same time, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Although like my dream kitchen is like a Nancy Myers kitchen. So I feel like that's everybody. I don't know what that like, looks like. Oh. Okay. So Nancy Myers movies are like, someone's got to give... The Holiday is a Nancy Myers movie. Oh, I don't know what they, I don't remember what they look like though. Oh, they're just like white and big and they're like cozy and lived in, but still pristine and beautiful. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah. Coastal Grandma Kitchen. Coastal Grandma. <laughs> I see it though. It makes sense. A lot of white, maybe a butcher block countertop. Oh, yep. Open shelves, which I would never have, but would they love look to- so good? But I could never. We just redid our kitchen, and I have glass shelf, glass cabinetry on two of them, and I'm just oh. like, just back the wrong way. I'm just terrible. Why did we do that? Literally, my nightmare. That would never happen. Thanks so much for joining me today. I Thank had you. a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing the middle with me. As always, I hope you've been able to see a little bit of yourself in the story we shared today. Don't forget to follow, share, rate, review, and follow me on social media at Lacey Shares. You can always check out the Joyful Support Movement at joyfulsupportmovement.com and see all of the amazing goodness we have there, like No Shame in the Home Game, Pops of Joy, courses, resources, and of course, the Joyful Support Village. All right, now go out there and spread some joy.